Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. It is powered by Media Stable. It's also powered by Carmen Braidwood. Hello, Carmen. Hi, Nick Hayes. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling... Get a little legal here today. We've got a legal legal here in the uh, in the studio. We'll learn some legalese, will yeah, we? We will. And uh, the one thing, I'm, the fascinating question I want to throw at him at the very beginning, because mm. uh, have you ever worked with a sibling? Have you ever worked with someone, you know? Or, mm, no, no, no. Or I a haven't relative? worked with my sister. Um, I have worked with my husband. Ah. There has been that, and I went along as his staff member for a little while. Okay. And when I had to bring it to an end, he was a little sad, I think. I think he actually Ooh. felt, and I was surprised by that. I wouldn't have thought he would want us to be like a husband and wife thing, but he was he was a bit sad that you, I couldn't do that. You weren't any the, crunching any bones, were you? Or no, I was just reception. Oh, just, okay. Not that there's just a just about that. I was no. the director of first impressions of the entire clinic. Well, Thank you. We've brought a legal practitioner into the room. His name's Stephen Brown. He's from Linen Brown. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Nick. Carmen. Great to be here. How do you work with your sister? (laughs) I'm straight going straight in there. How how do you do it? Yeah, look, we get along really well. (laughs) We were only a year apart growing up, so we grew up and shared lots of experiences together. She worked at other firms for probably about 10 years before we started working together, and we used to ring each other all the time talking about legal things and... When we would catch up, people would, after about half an hour, an hour, say, that's it, no more legal conversation. (laughs) So we used to talk about it all the time together and it was just a logical step then eventually that we'd run a business together. And of course, how more aligned in terms of values can you get than with your sibling? You were literally raised the same way, I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. So similar values, similar ideas, similar look on the world. Um, So that makes it easy. Um, because you've got a good, strong relationship, it's great in some ways in that um, you have similar views. But also when we clash, um, which you, of, you you do when you run a business with someone, it's, um, yeah, it's a pretty full-on stressful environment. But we are really good at, by the end of the day, usually resolving that clash. Oh, and I bet they've got a very good contract as well. I, well, as lawyers, I dare say they would. They've yeah. worked out that part very well. And uh, and Jackie is who we're referring to, Jackie Brown, and she's, uh, she's an outstanding lawyer. Christmas, though, if you've worked it out by the end of the day, there hasn't been any heated Christmas uh, sort of festivus for the rest of us, to, you know, <laughs> Big, no, the family have got really good at that, Nick. In you know, no <laughs> legal conversations at family oh, gatherings, like or they they shut us down pretty quickly when we start talking that subject. I love it, love it, love it. Now, Stephen, um, we want to talk about uh, the legal industry and what has it experienced over the last two years during a COVID time. Um, what has that been like for a firm like yours? And I know that you've got a particular style in the way that you deliver your services to your clients. What has the last two be- two years been like for Linen Brown? Yeah, it's been really interesting. We've seen significant change and some of that change is great because I think it'll change things longer term. Unfortunately, to some degree, there has been a reversion just to go back after, um, after COVID to go back to doing things the old way. Um, so some of the things that 
I experienced that were great was that a lot of, you know, basically all of court went virtual. So mm. I was appearing in the Supreme Court in shorts, um, <laughs> which I never thought I would ever do. Um, got some photos, posted that one on LinkedIn and, and think 15,000 people engaged with that. And, so. they're the, and they're the posts that yeah. everyone loves to see. And I, I, yeah, we'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also then the world learnt to be able to meet virtually and that we could save the time of travelling to and from each other's office. And we still have so many people say, oh, look, can we just meet over video? Yeah. Um, do we have to meet face-to-face? And look, sometimes face-to-face is really fantastic because you pick up a lot more. But, um, yeah, also that convenience of being able to just bang, you're on the screen, talking to each other. Mm. A bit better than a phone conversation, but also really convenient time-wise. And as valuable. You know, this is a big thing. I would say that two years ago, someone might have struggled to pay the hourly rate for a lawyer for a, a virtual call. They'd have said, oh no, well, it's not the same as coming in in person. But you know, realistically, it's exactly the same experience in terms of being delivered a person's expertise and having access to it, surely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're there to get the knowledge and the knowledge can be passed on just as well um, virtually as it can in person. But was that a challenge for you? Uh, like, no doubt you've been doing business for the way that you've been doing it for so many years is to, to do that over a screen. To Are you conscious that the way that you look, the way that it's being presented or even the sound, etc.? I mean, was that a challenge for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and not so much for me delivering the services, but running a team of 25 people and knowing how they were all going to be working from home and were they all G'd up and were they all... Sure. Um, mm. The way in which we work is different to a lot of other law firms. Most law firms um, price their services based upon an hourly rate. And yep. every six minutes, they, the, the lawyers record what they've done and um, and that's how they bill. Is that why we're month, always nervous talking to lawyers? Because yeah. it's it's the six-minute mark. It's like, have we gone – are we five minutes, 30? Tick, 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 tick. Yeah. So you, if, you, if you're ringing your lawyer and they're, and they're billing you on time, you want to have a five-minute phone call or you want to have an 11-minute phone call. You don't want to have a seven-minute phone call because you're paying for 12 minutes. <laughs> good to know. That is good. I mean, if it, it, the, the I love that, that – the idea of going electronic, going digital, because you know, for not just in the legal space, but I think from many sectors across, um, they've enjoyed the less travel, the time to get to a place or you know to come back mm. from, um, the fact that we can do this over the phone or do it via a Zoom or a Meets uh, call. It just has it, and to your point, uh, Carms, is that you know it's the same information, it's the same content, it's just not delivered in person. Yeah, and so and the same with court. I mean, the experience of, of doing court virtually meant that a very busy part of society was able to continue. But did you observe or did you hear about any major pitfalls for that with court? Um, well, there was some, some really interesting ones that came out of the US. Some, mm-hmm. some lawyer in the US appeared to the cat. Um, <laughs> oh, he yes. Had a, <laughs> He had, he had a filter had on filter, that yeah. the kids had probably put on the night before <laughs> when they're talking to grandma out of lockdown, you know. Yeah, right. So so those kinds of pitfalls were probably the worst thing. Yeah, and, and from what I understand too, some of the stats showed that um, while things got processed through the court system quicker, particularly some of the trials and that that were tried to be done, um, very difficult getting people connected on the platform together, mm-hmm. Um we found, like now though, you know, certain generations that weren't maybe as technically savvy have really picked it up really quickly and, and, and 
have little difficulty um, jumping online for a video conference. Well, they kind of had to, didn't they? Because if they didn't, they were going to get left behind. Well, that's how they were catching up with friends and family as well. So, yeah. like, so, that, so they learnt to do it in that way and then taking that next step to do it for some professional business appointment was no big deal. So will the legal industry now adopt this as ongoing or as, as part of what you do now that we're coming out of COVID, if, according to some people it's we're coming amazing. out of? Yeah. Um, is, this, is this something that the legal industry will adopt it? No, not really, Nick. That's one of the disappointing things is, oh. is um, through – so we did this in 2020 when there was hardly any COVID in Perth. Mm. Yep. But 2022, lots of COVID in Perth and we're all going into court and doing it face-to-face. Yep. And um, it's, bizarre, it's, it's isn't it? back to what it was pre-COVID, even though the risk level is highly – heightened Far in 2022 higher. in Perth than it was in 2020. So, mm-hmm. yeah, really interesting um, to see the way that's played out. It's a, it's, it's, yeah, that's that's disappointing because it's sort of you'd think that they would adopt it and bring it on, but if it's uh, if it's back to people, we've got to justify the jobs, we've got to justify the people on the on location. Mm. Um, Stephen, the the media experience that you've had uh, over your time, um, I, I note that you just recently did a, a Channel Nine piece to air, first time on TV. Um, had a, done a couple where they'd come into the office and filmed in the office. Right. That was my first time in the studio. Recently. First time in the studio. How was that experience? Because I know that I speak to a lot of lawyers. Getting on that little seat in the in the studio is quite a daunting little uh, position to be in because it's not like being in a, a courtroom where you know and you're very comfortable around with your surroundings. It's uh, a little bit daunting. Yeah, very different. Um, and particularly that environment where it wasn't like this, where we're sitting together and you can make eye-to-eye contact and engage and, and get the feeling you're sitting in a room and you're looking at a, a, a TV camera and there's no one else in the room. So mm-hmm. um, having a conversation through a screen. But, you know, probably that experience over the last couple of de- years mm. of having lots of conversations through screens um, did make that a little bit more um, something you're more used to. So, Stephen, you're in what we call the TOSS Room, which yes. is the talent-operated studio. Is that what it is? That's the, the toss. The toss box. And it's yeah. like, right, I, I thought it was something different. It sounds a little wrong, doesn't it? It does a little. But it's a talent-operated studio. Well, wonderful. And, and look, did an amazing job. So uh, studio to on location, which would be your preferred media? Them coming to you or you going to them? Oh, look, they're both different experiences. I suppose my experience when they'd come to me before was um, we talked for about five, ten minutes, but there was, I think, 20-second grab that made it to air. If sure. That, yeah. um, the, the, the great thing of the, the experience recently with Channel 9 is it was live and all of it was therefore going to air. So I really enjoyed that aspect of having more of a conversation and being able to relay the, the knowledge. And the questions without notice? I mean, because I, I, I always find lawyers, they're, they never like asking uh, or asking a question that they don't know the answer to. Um, that's a very different experience, though, when callers are coming through or questions without notice are coming on. How do you deal with that? Yes, yeah, so one of the things we're trained as lawyers is, particularly your, your court appearances, it's not so much about how you perform in court. It's the hours and hours of preparation that you did that make you perform well in work, mm. in court. So we're trained to do as much preparation for when we're on the game as possible. So going into an environment where someone says, okay, we're just going to have a chat, makes all of our hairs stand on end and go, (laughs) okay, what are we up for here? What's going to be talked about? How can I do the prep that I'm trained to do Mm. um, when I'm on performance? So, but look, 
every time you sit in an appointment with someone, you don't know exactly what's going to come out of it and people expect you in that appointment to relay some knowledge and information. Yeah. So um, I've been doing it for 26 years. Um, try to treat my conversations with media as a conversation um, with another person and not think too much that there's a massive audience out there that's also engaged with it, knowing, being cognizant that they're there and, and that I'm talking to them. Sure. Um, but also trying to have a conversation with that person because I think that can be quite engaging for people to listen to yeah. is a, a good conversation. And what I'm hearing there is that life is your prep. You know, doing your job for 26 years is your prep. That is the most important thing you can do. And generally, the media aren't going to ask you things that are vastly outside of your expertise or experience, are they? No, exactly. I mean, they don't want to be in a position where they're having a conversation with someone and they're fumbling over their words and not sure of what they're going to say. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they've, they, they're, they're well-versed in doing the prep of knowing the person they're going to speak to and knowing what they're going to be able to talk about. Oh, look, media loves lawyers. We love lawyers because mm. of the commentary that you can give to sometimes very complicated questions and complicated issues. And and I think you know they want a good lawyer that can actually deliver to an audience and make them understand uh, in simple language and terms that what what is going on. But lawyers also too are concerned about other lawyers in that they're a little bit shy when it comes to presenting themselves as the talent to media because they're a little bit worried about what other lawyers might think or even that your industry might think is is does that come up on your radar yeah most certainly nick um you know i consider myself to have certain expertise in the area but I I know that there are a lot of really great other experts out there in my areas of expertise so you know that if they're listening you know they've got a great vast amount of knowledge in your area as well so you want to be able to ensure that what you're saying is is perfectly accurate Um, but the law is full of greys so it's not a black and white situation very very rarely um, is something that you can say yes or no to. It's yes, but, or no, but maybe if we did this this way, it might be different. So um, I think that's one of the, the beauties of the law is it is part science but part art in in, in managing that and, and knowing the nuances and the different ways you can tackle. What issue. topics do you like to speak on with the media? Um, so I'm a commercial lawyer, um, but I started 26 years ago in a very general practice, and that's probably one of the significant changes over my time that we've seen in law in Western Australia and probably the world is that people have had to become a lot more specialised. So I started doing a lot of estate planning, deceased estate work. I even for a few years did family law. I'm pretty happy to have got out of that. Yeah, <laughs> um, a tough place. Oh, a tough, very tough gig. So we've got mm-hmm. six lawyers at our firm that do it and I take my hat off to them. Um, what, what is the tough thing about family law? Is it the emotion? Is it the, the relationships, the connection? Is it the system? Yeah, look, the system, you're part psychologist, you're part lawyer, you're not trained to be a psychologist, but you are managing people's emotions very much. Um, Look, in commercial litigation, we are as well. But in commercial litigation, I can say to someone, look, do a deal, take a little bit less money, and then get this problem off your desk and concentrate on making your business better and devoting your time and effort to that. And you'll make that money back in no time. Telling someone to have less time with their children or give up that, And how you're going to get that back is like very difficult conversation and very difficult negotiations to be involved with as well. Um, Juggling emotions, things that you'll never get back, um, a lot more tricky in that way. 
Yeah, it's 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 got to be tough. I think that yeah. those elements there, and I can see that, you know, getting away from that and doing the things you, the the, the dotting the t- the dotting the eyes and crossing the t's, less feedback or less repercussions than dealing with family. Um, but with your presence on in media and the way that you work with it and the way that other lawyers deal with it, I think we sometimes get too caught up in um, worried about what we're saying necessarily than, you know, or uh, mm. worried about the content that we're delivering that what other lawyers might think of what we're saying as opposed to the audience, the real audience at the other end. Are you focused on the audience? Is it, is it something that you've been, you, you think about or is it, there is an overarching thing going, oh, there's a couple of lawyers out there might not agree with what I've got to say about that. Yeah, no, definitely looking at who I'm talking to and I suppose one of the great things being connected with Media Stables is I've, I've had conversations with people all around the country in media. So I've done a lot of Geelong, Newcastle, Mm. Northern Territory, Western Australia. Um, But what I've sort of made a conscious decision is just anyone that rings me that wants a conversation, I'm happy to talk about it. Good. Um, Good Because the more I get exposed to it, the better I'm going to get at doing it and the more accustomed I'm going to get to putting myself in the seat of the person that's listening. Um, we've done a lot of work at our firm in trying to improve that customer experience and um, some of the consultants we've worked with have, have talked about us, you know, sitting in the seat of the customer and looking at what you're doing from their point of view. Um, so, yeah, being able to have done that with work a lot in the last five years and going on that journey has helped being able to come to the media and go, okay, who am I talking to? What is the language I'm talking to them? Can they understand it? Am I speaking in legal jargon, trying mm. to get rid of that? Um, and it's one of the real challenges of the law. Sometimes we're dealing with really complex issues, but the people that we're trying to convey it to haven't got that jargon and haven't mm. got that experience. So we've got to relate to them in the language that they're going to understand. So. Which is wonderful skill to have for the media. Fantastic. It's probably why lawyers do so well in the media if they're good lawyers because they're great at speaking plainly. Is it beneficial to your business to do this kind of media? It sounds like it takes up a lot of time. Um, look, yeah, it, it definitely takes time. I see it as brand awareness um, and being able to put yourself out there as an expert and people seeing that. I, th- I think there's a real perception um whether it's accurate or not, that the media, the people they're speaking to are experts. And I think there's a degree of accuracy to it because Mm -hmm. they do their research and they, as we said earlier, they only want to speak to people that are going to know the answers to the questions and and be able to talk around it. So I think that that's really helped in putting us out there and showing that we've got expertise in the area and really helped the brand. Um, And and as a a leader of that brand, that's really a big part of my role now. Part of it is being a lawyer, but part of it is promoting the business. Well, you've got to promote. You've got to also bring business in for those junior lawyers or those lawyers that uh, are part of Lynn and Brown to to fill their coffers, to to fill their work uh, sheets. Um, you're one of the great networkers, Stephen. I, I noticed that on the Perth Business PBN, Perth Business Network, you also have your own ne- networking events regularly. That's a different kind of media because I like I love the way that you publish those out and you put them out on your LinkedIn profile. Is networking an important part of what you do? Oh, most definitely. Um, long gone are the days where I think that law firms are different to any other business. Yeah. We're... I, I'm a lawyer when I'm working for my clients, but I'm also wearing the hat of a businessman and running a business. Mm. And in many respects, it's no different to any other business. 
Um, yes, it, each business has got its nuances and different skill sets, but ultimately I'm running a business and part of that is you know, promoting it. Um, you know, we've got to get out there to the world and tell them what expertise and what, what we can deliver and how we can deliver it differently and why Linen Brown is, um, is, a, is a great firm for people to engage with. Um, so yes, a significant part of my role. And look, digital is now a massive part of that. And you know, I can speak to a room of five, ten people I might meet at a face-to-face networking event, but also if I can then leverage that through social media to say this is what we're doing and we're talking about this and, and um, this is what we like doing um, to engage with people, I can speak to thousands more people online as well. Yeah, I like to say a really well-made video of you speaking from your expertise can replace 10 networking events. I love networking, don't get me wrong, love it. But if you make some great content, the amount of reach you can get from that is just phenomenal. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think the other side of it is is that uh, the way Stephen and Lynn and Brown do work with the networking is that when you're amplifying and pushing out those pictures and what you're doing in that mm. space, I get jealous because I go, I've got, oh God, I haven't been to that one bit for a little while. Bit of FOMO, yeah, huh? fear, yeah. fear of missing out. But I, I love the fact that you do the little extra things and you're stepping out from just you know, what could be just merely a transaction. It's more about how do you connect with your clients? How do you connect with your network? And, you know, make it a better experience because it's not always about transactions. It's about Mm. experience. Yeah, and it's about relationships, isn't it? So, I mean, the thing that we do quarterly is driven by we have a great bunch of referral network there that refer work to us. Um, and sometimes we might not have the opportunity to refer work back to them, but what we like to do is get them together at our business and get them to meet each other, yeah. and then the opportunities arise for them. So it was, it was driven by two things. One, to help them build relationships and to solidify our relationship with them, but also you know, to get people through the door. We are a suburban law firm in Perth, but we don't probably look like it if you walk through our front door, and we wanted people to be able to experience that. Um, that we were, you know, Perth has a very much CBD-centric legal um, industry. Sure. So if your law firm is not on the terrace, it's, well, why aren't you on the terrace? Mm. So we, uh, part of my challenge is to allay that myth. Um, Sydney, Melbourne, other big cities around the world have some really highly successful law firms that aren't based in their CBD. Um, Perth has a, 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 a view that that, is not the way it's done. Yeah. So we are working hard to overcome that. You just got me thinking about an angle you could be working with a suburban law firm is that you, if you thought our rates were high, have you seen the parking rates in the city yeah, of Perth? True. Yeah. Have you seen the parking rates at St George's <laughs> Terrace? That's highway robbery, that one. Come to a park. suburban. We can you get free parking. Very um, nice angle. It's a bit like <laughs> dentists using free parking. As they, um, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And you know what? I, it, we often overlook that the business we choose to work with will, will create a network for you. And that's what you've pointed out is that you're making your firm attractive to certain other people in business or other stages of life because of the people who they're going to meet who are other clients, right? Yeah, exactly. If we can add value by introducing some of our customers to another customer that they could potentially do business with, what a win-win situation we've created. Yeah, absolutely. Now, all of this clever networking, uh, media, how much of that was covered in your law degree, Stephen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so interesting, isn't it, Carmen? Um, you know, I, 
I look at my law degree and say it taught me a way to think. Um, a lot of what I actually learnt there, very little of that gets applied, but it, mm. it taught me a way to think and analyse a legal problem. But it didn't teach me how to look after staff, how to motivate them, how to inspire people, how to win work, um, how to engage with a customer. No, none of that. Mm. I think there's a bit more practical content to it now from what I hear from the young lawyers oh, that come yeah. in. Um, but you know, we didn't even you know practice uh, interviewing a, a, a client for the first time and you know when you when you sit in a room with someone for the first time and you go oh, okay um this is the first experience and, and that poor customer experiencing yeah. that with someone who had no training to to do it um yeah is you know probably a, was was definitely a problem with the degree which i think that they've um started to take steps to rectify but yeah there's mm. so much of running a business that no one teaches you oh and it applies to so many other yeah. industries oh. allied health in particular that's my family experience you know watching young chiropractors come through their degrees and then go out there and start a business and they've got no knowledge of how to run a business one, one of the we work with triple seven pharmacy and and all the franchise uh pharmacists is that you know they went to school for six seven years to to become pharmacists but no one taught them how to do retail no one taught them how to to mm. engage and connect with uh with a client or a, a, a health professional it's it's just not there so a lot of things that we're learning just don't seem to be there in our schooling no and look we don't want to bash schooling you've got to do it you've got to do the education but i think my point is that you you have to have a bit of confidence you have to have a bit of gumption to go out there and start a business when essentially you've had no real formal training to do that was there a period during which you ever thought to yourself Stephen gee I better go and get an MBA or I better go and learn before I could start a business or do you feel like you just were able to to go there with your sister and go let's just give it a crack yeah, so I was fortunate. Um, the person I worked for, I went into partnership with, so he'd, he'd sort of mentored me a bit in that regard. Um, probably the biggest step for me was when we stopped recording time and went to a system of um, pricing called value-based pricing where, yep. where we now price all our services up front. Mm-hmm. Um, so we work out a scope of work and we put a fixed price on it. Um, How unique is that, Stephen? Um, look, in Western Australian legal market for a law firm our size is – almost completely unique Um, so there are some smaller firms that are doing it now Um, when we started it five years ago it was very unique Um, there's more of it happening over east um, but still on on limited levels Um, we've been to some international conferences um, around it um, based out of the US some groups um, and there's more of it happening there um, but but it is still relatively unique. Yeah. Um, still, mm. you know, the vast majority, 80, 90% of probably legal services that are delivered in this country are delivered on a time-based. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, um, but but we just think it's a lot more win-win for both, both parties. Great for our customers in that they've got transparency. Yep. Yeah. They know what they're in for before they do it. Often we would do work for people and they'd be really happy with the result and then they'd get the bill and the relationship would end bad because yeah. that's not what they expected it was going to cost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they well, didn't they can expect budget for there was it. that much effort that needed to go into it and yeah. that much mm. time. Um, whereas, yes, now they can budget for it. Um, it's clear. It either works for them or it doesn't, but they know up front what it's going to be. Sure. It's really smart. Um, 
So what's the future for Lynn and Brown? What, where this, you, you described yourself as a suburban law firm, which I think you're you know, bigger than that. Uh, just, it just happens to be where your location is. But w- what's next for you guys? Is it uh, more staff? What's staffing been like in a, a fairly uh, very, uh, what would we say, hard workforce, sharp workforce? There's a lot of options out there. Competitive, as, as isn't an employer, it? Yeah. What? How are you finding uh, finding those new lawyers and the to build the business to to build the brand? Yeah, look, really, really interesting. Um, the law, the same as I think every other area of industry in Australia at the moment, really struggling for staff. Yep. Um, so really surprised me because I look and go, well, what has COVID done to change that? Yes, our borders have been closed, but in you know, I've been running a law firm now for over twenty years. And only once before this period have we employed someone out of Western Australia. Wow. So, like, the border should not have made much difference to us. Um, we've employed someone in the last three months from Sydney um, because that's where we're able to find someone. Yep. Um, and it is really tough market to, to find talent. Um, I think over COVID there is a number of lawyers that have gone and gone, well, I'm working from home. I can see how I could do this. I'm going to create my own law firm. Yeah. So there's less employed lawyers out there. There's a lot more small boutique firms that have probably been um, sure. created. Um, otherwise, why that talent is not there, I'm not too sure. Um, mm. It is really busy. There yeah. is a lot of good work going on. You know, The fact that Western Australia didn't greatly economically suffer because of COVID has meant that we've been buzzing still. Um, as businesses, so and if business buzzes, then so do usually lawyers because sure. we're, we're guiding them, and as they're going well, they can afford lawyers. They're doing new projects, they're doing things that to create opportunities for us to be involved and assist with. So that's meant you know lawyers are busy, they're being looked after, and therefore they're not moving. Yeah. Um. So yeah, really tough market. Um. Yes, we're a growing firm. Um, we have three areas we operate in, commercial, family and estate planning and deceased estates. So um, that's what we all we want to do. We've really, over the years, narrowed our focus. Um, as I was talking about before, becoming less generalist and really specific. Yep. So we have a team of lawyers that will operate in commercial, a team that will do the estate planning, deceased estates and a team that will do family and that's all they do. Um, we just think that's a lot better way to operate with some specialists that mm. are, can you know, have really great skills in that area. Um, ah, brilliant. I think it's it's something that I think most industries are hurting, not for being able to find the right people at the moment, or at least there doesn't seem to be an abundance of applicants coming through that there once was. Um, yeah. it, it's it's a market that's definitely sitting in the employee space, not necessarily the employer, and uh, and most industries are feeling that. Uh, Stephen, we're wounding up. That's uh, how quickly thirty minutes go. Mm. We're not charging you every six minutes. This is a this is a project based uh, charge <laughs> that we're going to put forward to. <laughs> but um, last thing I wanted to leave with you is that I, I love the way that you do amplify. I talked about briefly your your networking events and how you market those. Um, you've got a marketing company that works with you to to push out the the messages. Um, you do it really well. And I think, you know, if you say that you're just a suburban law firm, I think you, you're bat well above your uh, your average there. You can take on those uh, boys and girls out down on the terrace because it looks like you're a lot bigger than that. I didn't even realise that you were suburban. I thought mm. you were up on the terrace. Well, actually, I sort of knew. It's but, working. That's, that's the but point. That's the it's perception. working, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know that's part of one of the the stereotypes we want to break down is that you know you can be highly professional doesn't matter. Yeah, and I think that's what COVID's shown. Where do you mm. work? Where you work from is so less relevant. So much to now. what you deliver. Yeah. Um, you know, deliver quality and you'll attract quality. So um, and where you do that from is you know, should be in, in our view irrelevant. Well, I think Very one good. The, I think one of the advantages would have been the fact that uh, during COVID you weren't paying the St George's uh, terrace rates no. uh, out there because uh, no one's there. So what what are we paying rent for? Exactly. Hey uh, Stephen, thank you for coming in today. If people want to get in contact with you, how do they do it? Yeah, so um, well, the firm's Lynn and Brown um, lawyers. You, you'll, I'm sure they're on your tags. You'll have some, some, some contact. Yeah, details. there'll be, the there'll be something in the show notes. But uh, yeah. look up Stephen Brown on LinkedIn. Uh, he's up and about and he does things. Well done, Stephen. Another good Stephen. one, Carmen. Enjoyed it very much. See you next time. Wonderful stuff. And uh, we look forward to having your company when we speak to another expert and another media. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.